Welcome back to Straight to DVD. Raphael, welcome back to another fantastic, uh, fantabulous film fiesta uh, on Thursday. Uh, here yeah. we are. We are here. Yes, uh, it is everybody's favorite time of the year. It's Oscar season. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. Uh, uh, the Oscars have already happened. Uh, and here we are talking about last year's or this year's how do the Oscars work when they say like this year's best picture it's like is like, it it's like, it's like a fiscal year yeah it's for 20 it's the best picture of 2021 but even it's awarded in 2022 right but like the movie we're discussing today came out in january oh no it didn't it did come out in august it I think it premiered at like one of the festivals in January. Yeah. So there's a cutoff for best picture. Yeah. I think it needs okay. to be released within the calendar year prior to the year that the Oscars are happening. Good to know. Well, it regardless who 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 gives a shit? We <laughs> are but meager lowly totem pole reviewers yeah. in the grand scheme of Hollywood. Uh, but no, everyone in Hollywood talking, cares about what we have to say. No, they don't. <laughs> if you and I were to get on stage and slap somebody, would have been arrested immediately. <laughs> but dude, that's that's the power of the dog of being, of, of being a fresh prince, dude. Yeah. Um, so today, having no relation to Will Smith in the slightest, we are discussing Coda, the best picture winner, the best picture winner. Uh, best adapted screenplay winner and best supporting actor winner. Yes. Uh, what's in, what's interesting about this uh, this movie is I actually uh, the Oscars were a few days ago, but I sort of like didn't really pay attention to who won what, except I knew Will won because it was like, oh, he wanted they let him keep his Oscar. I was like, oh, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> I wonder if um, anyone's Oscar has ever been taken away. Indeed, I you'd have to pry it from my cold dead hands. Yeah. Um, so I don't know what won Best Picture. I didn't know who what won any of the other awards. So mm -hmm. here I am watching Coda, having no idea that it was the Best Picture winner. Oh, really? You didn't even like look up uh, the winners afterwards. I did not. I so didn't care at all. <laughs> that's that's fair. I feel like we we're we're on opposite ends of the uh, of the Oscar spectrum. Yes. You know, you you don't give a shit, which I get. Um, but I, it's not that I care, but I like to pay attention and I, I oh, did gamble sure. on, I did gamble on the Oscars. So did you win yeah. anything? I won nothing because right. the odds were so bad that I only picked a few, not long shots, but a few picks that I thought maybe could have happened, had decent odds, but weren't necessarily the front runners. Uh, mostly just trying to make, you know, like not smart money off of my picks, but be able to make good money instead of just like locking in Ariana DeBose for best supporting actress. Because sure. there, there's no point in even gambling that unless like, you know, you're dropping like two, 300 bucks on it and then you make like 50 bucks, you know, it's, sure. just, it's not even worth it at that point. Right. Uh, yes. The odds of it are so high that the ends do not yeah. justify the, the this the might be an indication that I have a, a, a bad gambling habit if i'm actively 
putting bets on on Oscar winners. Well, let me ask just, you this: did you did you put money on Coda to win? No, because Coda was so the two front runners in terms of odds were uh, were Power of the Dog and Coda. I think Power of the Dog, and I'm going to get into like a little bit of gambling lingo, and this might sure. sound like you know just total nonsense to anyone who who isn't familiar with the world of gambling. But uh, Power of the Dog was, I think, minus one ten, which essentially means uh, it. Fuck! How did how does minus work? But that means that it's the front runner. Um, right. It had the it had the best odds to win. I think if you bet a hundred dollars and it didn't win, you would then lose a hundred and ten dollars. Um, Coda was I think minus one twenty. So if you bet a hundred, lose one hundred twenty twenty bucks. There are probably people who actually know how to gamble who are upset. So I'm I'm upsetting everyone. People who don't care about gambling and people who do care about gambling. Uh, but then like the next front runner. The next best odds was on, uh, I don't know, Dune. We'll say, and Dune was like plus three hundred. So you bet a hundred bucks, you win three hundred. So I with those okay. with those odds, it, it wasn't even worth it to to put money on on Coda or Power of the Dog. Sure, it was a two dog race at the end of the day. Interesting. Uh, good, good to know. Uh, <laughs> when I gamble at the next Oscars, I will be asking for your input for sure. Um, did you, did you guess correctly? What, what, what cat, we're, this is supposed to be a Coda episode, but what yeah. categories, <laughs> that was a gambling episode, what categories did you, uh, guess correctly? So that's the thing. I, the, the bets that I did place, I think I placed a bet on West Side Story for cinematography because it was like plus 200. I put a bet on Licorice Pizza for best original screenplay because it was like plus 150. And I thought for those two movies, like, I didn't think that they would really win any other awards. I definitely didn't think that Licorice Pizza was, like, going to be best picture or anything. So I thought it might just get original screenplay, if anything, just to, like, recognize that PTA is an amazing filmmaker. Um, I think That movie kind of got snubbed, didn't it? It did indeed. And I, we can get into the to this to that part like a little bit later um i also put money on uh oh my god who who penelope cruz in for whatever movie she was in as best actress because she was like plus 152 so i thought that there was maybe a little bit of a shot that she would win and i could win some money there i didn't win i I lost all my money um fantastic yeah and three and a half hours of my life of course and you didn't even guess uh, our boy Troy Coatser as the best supporting actor for Coda to win. So I I did think that he was going to win, but I didn't place any bets because he was such an, an obvious choice that it wouldn't have made me any any real money. What if you had put a thousand dollars on Troy Coatser? How much would you have made? I would have made like five hundred bucks, but you know, I I, I don't want to front a thousand dollars on the off chance that I'm <laughs> that I'm wrong on that. <laughs> Of course, I completely understand. Yeah, I'm not. But, I'm not balling like that. No, dude. Uh, think of all the fish you could have bought, all the Rossi family fish, dude. Way to tie. Way to tie it back. Absolutely. Uh, we're here. Who knows how long we've been here? But once again, in our typical fashion, we have managed to do everything but talk about the film that we're here to discuss. <laughs> that is Coda. If you don't know at this point. Um, <laughs> 
written and directed by do you know how to say her first name it's not sean is it i think it is sean it is sean i think it's sean sean header directed by sean header yeah uh it is the story of a mostly deaf family in massachusetts uh Mm -hmm. who own a fishing boat and it's about the hijinks uh and highs and lows and difficulties of their lives being a deaf family in the modern world. But their daughter is hearing, and she is their connection to the world around them. And that's She's their coda. That's the, yes, she is their coda, exactly. She's the child of deaf adults. Yeah. Which is uh, a term, and, phrase I had not known until... Yeah, I did not know that either. I knew it, uh, interestingly enough, because of the music tie-ins in uh, this mm-hmm. film. You know, coda is what comes at the end uh, of a song. Uh, which was I thought was interesting, a nice little uh, mm. time. But but uh, that's essentially that's sort of the setup for the film, um, and then you know it just sort of goes from there. Yeah, uh, Raph, uh, you saw this prior to me. Did you see this in theaters? I did not see this in theaters. I caught it on Apple Plus um, a couple months ago. You know I saw that it was nominated in kind of a an award season darling so i figured if i'm someone who enjoys movies i should probably watch something that a lot of people are saying is one of the better movies of the year um so i i, I checked it out on on apple tv plus nice yeah how long ago did you see it maybe two months ago maybe a oh, month nice. and a half ago yeah uh i watched it an hour ago fuck um, yeah <laughs> Uh, so, um, Raph, I have a feeling we probably feel, uh, pretty similarly on this. Uh, I love this movie. Yeah. Um, I don't, I, yeah. No, no, go, go ahead. Go ahead. No, uh, I was, I'm just going to say, I was just to say, um, I love it. Um, and it's one, it's, it's tricky because I think that this is one of those movies where so much of the meat of it is just so lovely in terms of uh, story, performance, uh, narrative structure, uh, like characterization, um, all those things are amazing. Uh, and I mean, I guess I'm sort of getting ahead of myself a little bit here, but really the, the only thing that I didn't think m- met the heights of those things um, was essentially more or less um, sort of like uh, the camera movement, uh, the framing. Like there wasn't, it didn't feel like there was too much interesting going on in that regard, but yeah, uh, it didn't bother me because the, the writing is great, the story is fantastic, and the acting is off the charts. I think you, I think you, nailed, uh, you nailed the thingy on the thing. Uh, yeah, you, you did it. Um, but th- yeah, that's that's it exactly. This isn't this isn't something that is like cinematically like breathtaking or game changing in any sort of way. It's like a pretty standardly put together film from the sort of like behind the camera aspect. Um, but I do think that like the story and the characters and the the acting performances are enough to like. To, to get the job done, if that makes sense. Like, the yeah, movie absolutely. is, 
it's 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 nothing that's going to blow you away beyond you know just what is taken from from page to it's really just what's on the page and then how the actors uh just bring that story to life there's so yes I, you're 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 absolutely right keep going keep going no no i'm just going to say i i think like i think a lot of people do have criticisms of this movie um because it's 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 not you know something that is that's like shot exceptionally well or um or edited in a particular like particularly like uh interesting way um and i get that i get if you're like someone who's into the craft of filmmaking like wanting a little bit more from uh from a movie um in those sort of aspects but i think that there's enough within this film otherwise to enjoy it not so much for what it is uh but to just like enjoy and celebrate something that is um that's like competently made like absolutely interesting enough to to carry it to carry itself without any of those you know add-ons right i i don't want to get ahead of myself here because i don't want to dive into spoilers um just yet but there are two scenes in the film, both of which I saw coming from a mile away, uh, yeah. but but didn't care um, because it just made the most sense to me. I was like, "Oh, this is the premise. They have and uh, they have to do this. This has to be a scene at some point." And then it was, and I was like, "Thank God!" Because yeah, I think that's the other effective. thing. Is that it's kind. Of, um, it's like it's a little cookie cutter in the way yes. that it's made and like sort of how the story plays out. Like you can see every you can see everything that's going to happen. You know. 30 minutes earlier in the movie but because it's done so effectively from a storytelling and acting perspective that it it doesn't matter that you can that you see those things you know coming and it's not like they're like right like unnecessary twists or turns um it's it's just you know that's how this story needs to be told and if you do that in an effective way like people are going to respond in a positive way to it. Or at least I, I think people should. I did. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, so I'll come, I'll come back to those two scenes uh, in a little bit. Um, but something that I thought quite a bit while watching it, it kept reminding me about what I liked about Arrival. Mm. Um, because, like, here's this alien invasion like brink of war movie that's purely about what it means to communicate uh and the barriers of communication Mm -hmm. um this movie is this is almost identical in sort of what for lack of a better word it is communicating to us um you know it, it it doesn't take much, I would imagine, uh, for your average person to understand how uh, difficult life must be as a uh, impaired individual. You know, whether you're you're mm-hmm. blind or or you're deaf. Um, mm-hmm. But what's so great about the way this film conveys uh, the day to day? I don't even want to say difficulties because that's something the movie uh, has an opinion on as well. It's like, they're not impaired. They live their lives. They can communicate, but 
the frustration for people like that is that this infrastructure of the world around them is so you don't we, we don't even think about it because we can hear how yeah. much that dictates our day to day and what i love so much about a lot of the moment to moment for the mother father and son character who are all deaf is how we see that impediment as a result of their disability when they're living their day-to-day lives. Yeah. No, I mean, it, it's it's such a simple concept, but the the movie does a really good job of just of making that abundantly clear that like it's not something that you know the rest of us, those of us who can hear, would ever even think about of like how even just performing your, your day-to-day, you know, responsibilities at work could be affected by, you know, the fact that you're, that you're deaf. Um, it's just not something that we ever really give a second thought to. Um, and this movie just does a really good job of like highlighting that for us in a way that respects the deaf community. Um, and also, but also invites in people from like hearing communities and it absolutely Uh, I think the reason it works so well is because, as we say constantly at the end of the day, film is a visual media, first and foremost. Mm-hmm. So what you can do with that is you can play uh, with audio. You can play with focusing on imagery, and you can focus on... It, Something I something I realized while watching this is just how much a performance lies in the face, dude. Forget about like what's said. Yeah. It's all about the, the face, man. Um so like even face. though they're they're exactly. doing this right, facting. This <laughs> uh this unbelievably intense, fast paced sign language. Which, by the way, is amazing because even if you didn't have subtitles, I think you could still understand what more or less they're they're trying to communicate. Yeah. Um, it the way it focuses in on the on these characters and and the performances from the three deaf actors in this, I think is uh, just absolutely fantastic as a result of how how highlighted it is, and then how it ultimately is played on when it leads into a very particular scene in a theater and i'm not i'm not even i'm not talking about the boat scene i'm talking about the first scene uh yeah. in, in the high school theater um which I, as far as i was concerned was like the best scene in the whole fucking movie um i'm not sure which scene you're <laughs> you're talking sure. about so um a, a, a twinge of a spoiler it's not even really a spoiler um so the daughter of the family she is hearing Mm -hmm. uh ruby and she is basically you know sort of their connection to the outside world in terms of their efficacy in their Mm day-to-day uh she's always haggling prices for their fish uh you know she's communicating to uh the teachers or or people at the supermarket for them Mm -hmm. um and then uh, in the grandest case of irony there is the thing she wants to pursue is singing uh the one thing that cannot be appreciated 
if you are uh, a deaf individual. So naturally, they go to support her uh, at uh, the school performance where she has mm-hmm. this duet yes. with, with uh, her crush. And she's so lovely. She's such a fantastic singer. Um, and her family, the most important people in her life, the people who care about her just as much as she cares about them, cannot appreciate the thing that she loves to do. And mm-hmm. we see that uh, as a result of their, not intentional, but boredom. Uh, yeah. Looking at yeah. the buttons on his shirt, her one- wondering if they should have spaghetti for dinner, yeah. uh, all while their daughter is seeing this amazing solo. It's yeah. so sad, and it gets even sadder when you see the father look around the auditorium and the audio to the movie uh, cuts out, and mm-hmm. it's his perspective, complete silence. And you see that all he has to take in the world is his sight, and mm-hmm. he's attempting to try to connect with what his daughter is putting out there in this theater by seeing how it's visually affecting other people. It is yeah. fucking amazing. Yeah. Um, thank you for the reminder on that. Uh, because that scene is, it's, it is like pretty special um, to the movie. And I think it's the first time in the movie that we get a sort of uh, like POV from one of the, the deaf characters. Correct. Um, and it's, right, it's like super crucial that it comes at that moment in time and you say it's sad but i also think that it's like it's like it's really heartwarming i feel like i'm going to use that word a lot to describe this movie is just heartwarming um like watching him realize that she's doing a good job by reading the faces of the people in the crowd and like some people are smiling some people are dancing along there's a woman crying and like while like when he's looking at all those faces and the, and the sound is cut and that's all that you see. And you see that, that just like human emotion that we, that we, that we give with our faces, you know, it doesn't matter if you're, if you're hearing or not hearing. Um, that's obviously not something that we can all connect to. Like someone who's blind can connect to that, but it, it is a way for, for us as hearing people to sort of understand um, like how someone who's deaf might uh, might interact or engage with the world around them um, just through like these simple facial expressions that he's, that he's seen from other people. Um, and it's like in that moment, I think he like nudges the wife uh, and he like, you know, starts pointing around and then she starts to see it. Um, and then like smiles, like, you know, come on their faces because they realize that their daughter is crushing it because they can see that other people are responding to it in a, in a positive way. Um, and it's just like this really human moment of like, it doesn't matter what, what barriers we have, you know, between us, um, whether it be hearing and not hearing or, or whatever, whatever the case may be, uh, that there is always something that can connect all of us. And that is, I think that is like probably the core thesis of this movie is that, you know, even with all these, these hurdles, these barriers, uh, these differences between us, we still all can connect with one another. If we just like try to find the right way to do it. 
A- absolutely. And I think, I think what's, what's so great, because, you know, at its core too, it is like, you know, it's a coming of age story in a sense. And it's, uh, you know, coming into your own, learning what you want to do with your life and, and going off and doing it on your own. Yeah. Um, but, you know, so much of the difficulty for Ruby here is that she feels, even though they are perfectly capable on their own, and what's what's funny is that the two adult characters are the ones who fear it the most, fear mm-hmm. losing her the most, when really it's the same. Every parent feels what they're feeling. It's just a different side of that coin, you know. They're, they they fear to lose her because mm-hmm. of how much not only she means to them emotionally as their daughter, but as their bridge to the rest of the world because they've been so reliant on her ever since she's been born. Um, and it's interesting that it's the son who is the one who wants to become self-sufficient uh, yeah. as, as a family member and not feeling like, all the pressure needs to be put on Ruby to help this family be successful in their day to day. So she can go off and do the things that she wants to do, even though the family themselves literally can't perceive that thing. Yeah, no, it's, it's, um, it's amazing. I, I think like another big thing in this movie, um, which is, is really cool. It's just like the whole like family dynamic. And it's something that it, it's an easy entry point for, for like, for most people. Um, just the whole dynamic between, uh, y- you know, your sort of responsibility to your family, but also wanting to, to be your own person and Ruby sort of struggle with, with, with that whole notion of like, she wants to go off and she wants to sing. She wants to go to school for singing, but she does also, feel this this responsibility to like be there for her family and do all that she can for for them and the family kind of leaning on her um you know in her case probably more than than most children um you know sort of sort of have to do for for their for their family and for their parents um but i think it's like i think it's something that we can all sort of relate to 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 some extent um especially like as you grow older like you know, we, we both have older parents and like, we feel, we feel a, a certain amount of responsibility for, for them and to like, make sure that, uh, that we're doing all that they can while also trying to, you know, be the best versions of ourselves that we can be. And I just think that, yes, this is a story about deaf people, but it is also a story just about family and like, our ties to our families and the sort of struggle between uh, you know, how, how involved and like what the percentages should be of like your focus on family and your focus on yourself. Um, That's just a super universal thing that like anyone can relate to. Even if it's not the same exact scenario as this. Right. Well, I think what's so beautiful about it is, is that at its core, what is being communicated is relatable. Yes, the father cannot hear what Ruby is singing, but like a parent who might not understand why their child wants to 
pursue singing as a career, but will go out of their way to support them anyway. Uh, mm-hmm. He puts his hands on on her throat to listen to her vocal cords vibrate. Yeah, that is how he can hear her sing. That is how he can be supportive of her, and that is how they connect. Um, it's just it's simple, but it's beautiful and it's effective because of what we've seen previously that have led us to those moments. It's just so wonderful. I think that is really the best way to describe it. It's just like very simple, wonderful storytelling. Yeah, it's it's effective despite the fact that it's you know telegraphed from from miles away. Like. Right. I don't think that something being predictable necessarily takes away from from our ability to enjoy it. Um, and I think that's my that's like my main takeaway from this. Like we we could sit here and, you know, pick apart the movie for uh, for not being a cinematic masterpiece, uh, you know, the way that that some other movies were even, you know not as as cinematically captivating as some of the movies that were also up for best picture um sure but you know like if you have a if you have a good story and and you tell it the right way um you can you know you can get away with that if 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 all the other pieces are are there and 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 done um in a in a competent way you know that's 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 all that you need uh not everything needs to to you know blow us away some sometimes it's cool to just to just be the a, a good enough version of yourself yeah you know, absolutely for, for i mean i and think for, and for ruby right right exactly i think what this movie is is it's it's a reminder that there's so many different elements about what makes a movie good or effective and for something to be a good film or even a great film not all of those things have to be the best in the category you've ever seen or let alone even seen that year. When you have a movie like this, where it's just so committed to these moments uh, that this writer director clearly thought about, like if you had told me that while she was conceiving this story, uh, she started with the scene of him in the theater or mm-hmm. her in the theater at the end, and then built the movie around that, I would believe you. Um, yeah. Because they're just so pivotal, and it just feels like everything is leading up to those moments. Yeah, no, uh, uh, 100%. 100%. Um, I do, th- like, I guess we can get a little bit into the, like, whether or not this should have won Best Picture. Um, because I, I think, like, for me, I've gotten to a place where the Oscars are not, you know, like the the ultimate arbiter of what is good cinema and what is not. And like I think that's because a lot of the times we've had situations where a movie that clearly wasn't the best movie of the year and like maybe one of the worst movies of the year wins best picture. Um and like we're not always going to agree with 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 what what is selected like you know for for every silence of the lambs you have a a forest gump or or sure. something like that for every every parasite you have a a green book um but like something like coda even though it's not you know even though to me it wasn't the best 
example of filmmaking in 2021. I don't think it was the best movie that was made. I do think that, you know, I do think that everything about it um, was, was done correctly. Um, I think it was, it was all made properly and like, it's a good enough movie that I can respect the Academy's choice to crown this as the best picture. And like now more people will see it than, you know, otherwise would have. And I think that's a good thing. I think it's an important movie for people to see. I think representation matters. Um, and representation doesn't just mean like more, more movies, um, by and about women or by and about people of color. Like it also includes deaf communities and like they should have a seat at the table too. And people should watch their movies and understand, um, you know, sort of things that are, that are going on with, with that community that we otherwise, um, you know, we, we otherwise wouldn't understand. We wouldn't, we wouldn't be able to connect to. And like cinema is a good medium for us to, to connect with people who we otherwise wouldn't. Sometimes it's, it's, you know, kind of bad, like King Richard and other times it's like, it's pretty good, like Coda. Um, so, you know, again, it's not my choice, but I do respect the choice of this being deemed the best picture by the Academy. I, I couldn't have said it better myself. Rap, what, what else was nominated from last year? Um, Coda? So it was, it was, it was Coda. Yeah. It was Power of the Dog. Those were the two front runners. Uh, Licorice Pizza, West Side Story, Dune, uh, Drive My Car, the Japanese movie. Um, which was pretty good. I think Nightmare Alley was nominated, uh, Belfast, and Don't Look Up, which is hilarious. Okay, well that that's a joke. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but like any of those other movies, I don't know if you've seen all of them, but like to me, like there, I think Liquor's Pizza and West Side Story are head and shoulders above everything else that was made last year. But like, I could respect any of those other movies, you know, getting to be the one that, that yes. dominates the night or not dominates, but like goes home the winner. I think that, yeah, I think that if, if it wasn't Coda, I would probably pick licorice pizza. Um, I think it is probably out of all those you've listed. And there's only, there's a couple on there I haven't seen, but from, from the ones that I have, I think that licorice pizza demonstrates the most um, cinematic, uh, what's the word, skillfulness, I yeah. guess, just like mm -hmm. across the board in terms of just general filmmaking, uh, the way it is shot, uh, the performances, the way the camera moves, the music, the, the, mm -hmm. the structure of the story, like everything about it really is uh, exceptional. Mm -hmm. um, however, uh, I don't know if it's really as insightful as Coda is. You know, I think that I, I feel like Coda just is a kind of film communicating something that we haven't seen too much of that yeah. happens to do that one thing exceptionally mm -hmm. well. Whereas, like, you know, Licorice Pizza uh, is just so well made in every facet. But, like, 
ultimately is it really making us think about anything more deeply, you know? Yeah. No, I, 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 I totally agree. I think, yeah, I, I think it goes back to just like, we should be able to celebrate a movie like Coda. Um, and I think it's cool that it won, even though it's not my personal choice or my person, it wouldn't be my personal pick for what should be the best movie. But I do think it is a movie that, that should be celebrated. Um, so I'm happy that like after the Oscars, there are going to be more people who, who watch it. Like I, I, I'm, I'm not turning to the Academy anymore for, to, you know, to reflect like my sort of sensibilities in terms of what is exceptional filmmaking. Um, I think it's like, I think Coda to a certain extent is a kind of safe choice, uh, but it's also a good choice. It's like a safe choice. That's not annoying. If that, it's not very, like a, very well put. Um, it's not like a well green put. book. That's like, you know, we're, we're trying to celebrate, you know, like race relations, but we're doing it in a, in a cheesy and, and not so honest way. Like, I think this movie is, is honest in its intentions and in its execution. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, yeah, I guess. I guess really if I had to fault it for anything, it would be like we've already said, it would be the, the sort of, for lack of a better word, uh, simple fil- filmography of it. Um, uh, as well as, you know, being telegraphing its important beats somewhat. I really, I think beyond that, uh, it really <laughs> hits all the notes, you know, uh, uh <laughs> And, you know, it's funny, I, w- I wonder if, if so much about why I respond to it as strongly as I am right now um, is because I have a background in, uh, you know, music theater. So mm-hmm. seeing how uh, Ruby dealt with that in her audition and her, her music class was just like very, um, that for, was pretty much and is pretty much kind of how it goes. Uh, yeah, and how professors and auditions are, you know. Yeah, I mean, like the the whole like relationship with the uh, with her teacher is like kind of an interesting thing, and like you know, I, I didn't totally agree with um, with like the character and a lot of the choices that that he made, um, but he it, it also like he does he does sort of bring an interesting perspective to to the proceedings. Um, you know, like his, his whole bit about, uh, you know, he, he gets that she has other responsibilities, but if she wants to, if she wants to pursue this, like she needs to respect his time. And, you know, we do see her struggling with, with the sort of juggling act of, of trying to make everyone happy and she's not able to do it. And she feels all the pressure from her family to like, you know, continue doing, doing the things for them that she needs to do. But if she wants to, uh, if she does want to be serious about uh, about her, herself and like you know, sort of getting her own agency and doing what it is that that she wants to do, that she does need to be fully committed to that. Especially if there are other people who are going to you know help in that sort of commitment. Um, you know, he talks about like uh, how he also has like his own struggles and and responsibilities outside of his work with her. And you're like, well, you know do you get where she's coming from? But like, 
we don't get a glimpse into his life. So like there is a chance that he does and we don't know everything that's on his plate. All we see is a shot of like a little like baby area. I don't even know what, what the proper terminology is for that. Like a, <laughs> a nursery, I guess. A, yeah. Nursery. There's like a little, there's a shot of a nursery. So that that's like all that we need to, to, to see from him uh, to get that. Like Ruby's not the only one in this world who has struggles um, or like who has, other responsibilities outside of whatever it is that we, that we can see. Um, so like, while we have to respect her and where she's coming from, um, we also have to respect, you know, the other people who we're interacting with on a, on a sort of day-to-day basis, um, which is just like a cool little, it's like a little thing in the movie, but I think it does go a long way for like the story as a whole. Absolutely. Um, Let's see. Uh, it won as well for best uh, adapted screenplay. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that is well deserved as well. And of yeah. course, um, best supporting actor, uh, which I didn't know until I, I looked up afterwards. And I'm so glad because holy bejesus, is the dad amazing? Yeah. Uh, in this, I think they're uh, all. I think they're all great. Um, yes. The uh, fun fun bit of trivia: the the woman who plays the mom. Uh, she was the first deaf actor to ever win an Academy Award uh, for an acting performance. So uh, that's kind of cool that that she has one and now the dad has one. Um, another really cool thing that I enjoyed that you probably didn't see, uh, but I watched the I watched the the Oscars telecast live. Uh, the the grandmother from Minari, who won Best Supporting Actress last year, she presented the Best Supporting Actor Award this year um and there was just like a super cool moment of of her you know she opens up the envelope and she does like a sign towards him like telling him that he won and seeing the two of them the dad from coda the grandma from minari just like two of the most adorable people in the world sort of sharing this this insanely heartwarming uh just just spectacular moment together i thought was really cool it's like kind of cheesy, but like, you know, like I'm allowed to have a soft spot for things like that. Absolutely. No, I, I just think, oh, you know, they're, they're baby steps, but I think that every, every step counts really in that capacity these days. Yeah. Um, especially in big films that are highlighted in these award shows. And I think this goes back to what you were saying is like to hell with, as far as we're concerned, I guess. To hell with like what really is the best made film. Yeah. Uh, what's great about this, and I think that the Academy maybe is starting to recognize this too, is that here is a movie that people should see that hasn't really been made yet. Here it is, best picture. Now go watch the damn thing. Yeah, and and now people will watch the damn thing. Right. Um, it's it does best picture doesn't always need to go to the the movie that like film nerds are like blowing loads for you know sometimes it should just be something that general audiences can connect to on a human emotional level and i think coda does that really really well um and it's cool that we can celebrate something like this it's weird i was gonna say it's super weird i feel like for the most part, the two of us and the show 
is like super cynical. Um, and we like to, you know, poo poo things and we don't really like, you know, like show that we, that we're, uh, like compassionate or empathetic people. And we're both like, you know what? Coda is, is cool. Um, and I appreciate it, even though it's, it's simple and, and there's not a whole lot to it. There's not a lot of meat on the bones, but the meat that is, is there is enjoyable. And God damn it. I will champion that. I think, I think what we've come to realize over the past, maybe like 15 episodes or so is that it's just way more, uh, palatable when we focus on watching movies that are probably going to be good that we will mm -hmm. probably enjoy and probably have good things to say about, uh, as opposed to things that, you know, like waste two hours of our lives. Um, <laughs> so I think this is, a, this is a very nice direction for us, but you know, also that to say, uh, at the end of the day, and I think I've said this in a, a couple episodes past, even the, even the movies we pick apart, like, you know, it's like no offense to the actual people who makes them, you know, it's yeah. like, it, it, it takes so much, man and woman power to create these things uh and so much money and effort that it's just like you know the the year's worst movie is still a movie that got made yeah exactly i think i'm trying to uh i'm trying this whole thing out where i'm just trying to have a, like a more generally positive outlook on movies and like just realizing that not everything is going to be like a perfectly made film and the movies that aren't perfectly made, I can still find ways and reasons to enjoy them. And it doesn't, it doesn't just need to be like, well, this isn't perfect. So let me rip apart all the reasons for it not being perfect. Like, no, there's still cool stuff that is, that, that can be enjoyed and should be enjoyed. And instead of being an asshole about it, I should just focus on the good stuff. I think that's a way more optimistic view. And I think if we continue down that route going forward, I think we will only get happier. In our yeah. <laughs> so it's, that, it's, I, it's a weird thing yeah. being someone who watches a lot of movies and like claims to be a film lover to like actually like love films. Because it's like, the, you know, the truth is, is like there are shitty. I shouldn't even say this there are movies that people would consider are shitty that we can watch. And if we turn off the film auteur parts of our brains, we can yeah. still enjoy them. Yeah, exactly. It's not like enjoying it for what it is, but, but appreciating the things that can be appreciated and focusing on the appreciation aspect, as opposed to focusing on the, on the, the, the critical aspect. Absolutely. Uh, Good for speaking us. Speaking of, Raphael, um, tell me what your highlights are about the film, how you'd rate it, and if you'd recommend it. Yeah, dude. Um, I think the highlights for me, and this, in particular, there was one scene that really stood out to me. I think it's the scene on the, on the beach between, uh, between the brother and the sister. Um, I just thought it was like exceptionally well acted. Um, I think it's a good sort of just like microcosm of, of everything that's going on in the movie and everything that works in the movie. Um, I just think that whole like emotional aspect is so, is so strong and it's so prevalent, like in that one scene and obviously throughout the movie. Um, I think it just really like encapsulates that. So like the acting, 
the the storytelling and just like the whole like emotional nature of of this movie is what really stood out to me. I think all of that stuff is super enjoyable. Um, I think I would a hundred percent recommend this to you know to pretty much everyone. I think it's it's super accessible in ways that like a lot of movies that we would probably say are better or not like licorice pizza is not as accessible as something like coda and i think accessibility is is something that that is important for for films like people who are super into cinema and like the craft of filmmaking aren't the only people who watch movies like regular people should be able to watch and enjoy movies too and i think coda is something that everyone can watch and enjoy. All that being said, I give it three and a half stars. I think it's really good. Um, I would totally recommend folks checking it out. Raph, you basically took the words completely out of my mouth. I think accessibility uh, is the name of the game here, both in story Mm -hmm. uh, and, you know, uh, funnily enough, in terms of the subject matter. Mm. Um, I think that it is extremely relatable. I think that um, in spite of how sad a couple of moments are in it, at the end of the day, is an, it is an extremely uplifting film uh, about our connections with the people we care about. Um, and I, along with you, also give it a three and a half out of five. I think it is really, really good. Uh, I guess I... There, there's nobody I can imagine that I wouldn't recommend this to. I think that uh, if the only people I guess that I would say probably wouldn't enjoy this are if, you know, if, if you only like action movies. <laughs> <laughs> if you don't have a heart. Yeah. <laughs> right. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, man. Dude, that's super. it. Coda. Yeah. That's Coda, baby. Yes, yeah, definitely. Speaking of being checked out, Raph, where can you be checked out? Dude, I could be checked out on the interwebs, on Twitter, on Instagram, on Letterboxd, at Raph Stitt. It's all one word, R-A-F-S-T-I-T-T, Twitter, Instagram, Letterboxd. Michael, where can you be connected to emotionally and humanly? Dude, that, that's, pre- that's pretty sick. You can, you can uh, uh, figuratively, metaphysically, and literally connect with me on the socials of the Instagram. My, my tag is at Michael underscore Romeo underscore Rocco underscore. That's Michael Romeo Rocco underscores in the middle and at the end. You can also find me on Twitter and you can find me on Letterbox at Michael underscore Rocco. And Raph, both you and myself and the podcast proper can be found on Twitter and Instagram at Straight2DVDPod. That's the number two, Straight2DVDPod, as well as wherever you listen to your podcast. Sweet, sweet hey. stuff, dude. dude Congrats to Coda, dude. Let's go, Coda. Yes, a big, a big round of applause for them. A big, yeah. a big signing round of applause to them. Um, yeah, the film the, is really, really good. The jazz hands, yeah, jazz All that hands. Stuff. Yes, you go, Coda. Rock on, rock on. Mm-hmm.